Welcome to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. Powered by Rival Digital. On this show, you'll hear from industry leaders and become equipped with the tools and knowledge you need to build a world-class business. Now, here's your host, Eric Thomas. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the show, everybody. My name is Eric Thomas. I am the host of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. We have got a very exciting episode lined up for us today. Uh, Before we get started, there's housekeeping items per usual. If you're listening to this show and you enjoy it at all and maybe you find a little value out of it, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a kind review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Please go ahead and do so. Like I always say, up front, just asking for it. Hey, there's a drop off. I've noticed I watched the statistics on the show. I've seen there's a drop off around the 15 minute mark and then they uh, sometimes listen again later on. So I got to get that pitch in there before the 15 minute mark. Good to know. Good. We'll hang in there today. I'll save a little something for the 15 minute mark. All right. For the true fans. Yeah. All right. That we'll plan on that. We got a, a really big show ahead of us. We're talking to the man himself, Mr. Tall Paul Redman from Contractor Commerce. Some of you may know him from uh, To The Point from uh, his podcast. And we're super excited to have a fellow podcaster on here with me. As always, we have another this or that segment towards the end. And I'll also be uh, announcing another new segment. We're not doing it today, uh, but we'll be doing it next week called Whose Hat Is That? (laughs) <laughs> and I'll go ahead and tell you guys how it works. So whose hat is that? Yeah, we've, been attending, that. we've been attending a lot of trade shows lately. And at these trade shows, you know, everybody brings all their cool swag, their koozies and their cups and their pins. I've noticed that I've accumulated probably 10 to 15 new hats and they're just various brands. I've got this cool schedule engine, uh, under armor quarter zip. I got, I've gotten shout koozies out. and yeah, shout out <laughs> hats. So, well, how this, how whose hat is that is going to work is I'll be wearing a hat. I'll be covering the logo up oh. and I'm going to describe what the company does without saying the company's name. And our guest will have to guess what kind of hat it is or what the company is. If they get it right, then they'll win a free uh, rival digital hat with the, uh, the, the leather. Are we going to do this today? No, uh, we're planning on doing it next week. I don't have any hats, but we do have. And so we'll do whose hat is that until I run out after whose hat is that. Uh, This will probably bleed into season three. We'll be holding my beer, which will be koozies. So same concept, just with koozies. Super excited for that. And um, yeah, we're going to get things going here in a second. So our guest of honor today, as I mentioned earlier, Tall Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm slightly offended, though. I just realized the name of your podcast would suggest to listeners that if this is the smart HVAC podcast, that others might not be as smart. So I'm just a little offended. But I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, you're doing a really good job with this. Nice and consistent. You're sticking with it. It's not easy. Um, just pinning down guests to join and be on time um, is hard. And I know that because we're now at to the point we're you know just over i think 100 or some episodes that we've recorded and only one person has ever not shown up wow. and i recognize that because i missed my first not missed but i had to cancel my first one with you so i apologize that person was ishmael ishmael you made it up to us but we'll never forget the first and only <laughs> ghost so that would be a less than one percent miss rate which is 
miraculous in the podcast world. So anyhow, yeah. I'm glad to be here. And a couple of things I need, housekeeping things I need to get out of the way. Um, you generally like to keep this 30 minutes, right? Is that the goal? We we are flexible. 30 minutes okay. is, is is like the the minimum, but I mean, we've yeah. gone over an hour before. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm just keeping it open. I don't know if we can get everything into 30 minutes, but um, if we can't, we can come back and do it again, but I'll do my very best. So I'm, I'll let you take control of the show before I do so. Cause I have questions for you that I want to ask, but we can get to those later. No, I, Hey, anything goes here. So we'll go ahead and plan on, on it longer lasting longer than 30 minutes. So whatever you got, go ahead huh. and fire away. Yeah, no, no. So, so far that you've done this, what has been the biggest, I guess, takeaway or most exciting moment? What's been your, your peak moment here on the smart HVAC marketing podcast? This is an, a very easy one to answer. Um, I would say there's there's two two kind of peak moments. The first one was when uh, we hit a thousand downloads con- consecutively or consistently for for three consecutive months. That was a good one. Uh, kind of felt good to kind of build it up to that point. I would say probably the proudest moment I've had as a host of the podcast is I had a listener um, who's also one of our clients. I'm sure he's listening to this now. So hope you're enjoying it. He reached out to me one time and was telling me that a piece of advice that he got from the podcast helped him generate an additional $100,000 worth of revenue this summer. It was just a a small uh, tidbit of one episode helped him look into a few different options for some tools and that was what it took to help him track down some of his unsold estimates. And um, so that, that made me feel good. Made me feel warm and bubbly on the inside to know that uh, me getting on here and rambling is helping people. Good for you. That's what it's all about. I I would say um, the, the highlight for me was probably about a year or so. in. you know, our first guest was Ken Goodrich and we joke around about it being the Ken show um, (laughs) because he's been on so many times now, but he does, does such a good job. And, uh, so, and he walks in the room and he's 90 at the time, I think 90 pounds lighter than he was. And from that, you know, some conversations led to kind of creating a group to bring awareness to the fact that the first thing we need to work on as business owners, entrepreneurs, whatever we are, whatever we're doing, marketing companies, that yeah. um, a community has, has kind of grown and flourished of people getting out and getting active. And so I'm getting to meet people all throughout the country who are in some cases, you know, a couple hundred pounds overweight who are um, starting to move a little, walk a little, jog a little, ride a bike a little, lift some weights and and they're losing weight and their blood pressure is going down. And, um, Scott Bergen, I think it's Bergen. I got, I got to double check, um, had a heart episode and his doctor attributed the fact that he's alive to the fact that he had started walking about 12 or 18 months prior. So that's been the highlight for me, which brings me to explaining my, um, you know, prepubescent mustache that I'm trying to grow right now to bring awareness to men's health for the month of November. This Movember. This is men's health. Um, you know what? I shouldn't even have brought it up because I don't even think you can see it um, through the, the filter here. Thankfully, and listeners, you don't want to see it, but I can see it. And uh, I don't know how much longer I can last with it. But in this group, if you're on Facebook, reach out to the first step with Ken Goodrich. This is where Ken and I are creating a community of people who are um, taking the first step toward their health and wellness. We have created a challenge for November. Uh, where we are dedicated for 30 days to our fitness. We've described it as vigorous activity for 30 minutes. Vigorous is subjective. So that might be, um, you know, going for a jog, might be working on the the bike trainer, uh, but 30 minutes, 30 days. 30 minutes for 30 days. 
Well, I'll have to check that one out. Uh, I know I'm only, we're only about five days into the month and uh, we, you still have time. So go check it out. You still have time. That's right. There's still time for the mustache. I've heard of Movember before. I've, uh, I've seen a few colleagues in the past do it. It's a, it's a really cool uh, organization, really cool challenge. So Good for you. I might have to join you on that. I don't really well, have to do much. I just shave off the rest. Yeah, I was, was going to say that's that's all you have to do. Just shave the shave, shave the bottom the, shelf, and you got the mustache. But um, I yeah. hope your yours looks already better than mine. Yeah, I can't even see it on the screen, but trust me, it's there. I was I was kind of joking because like I feel like I got a very mustachey looking eyebrows. So if if I had a mustache, it would just look like I've got a bunch of eyebrows on my face. <laughs> there we go. So, all right, listeners, any questions? Yeah. We go ahead and wrap this thing up. Yep, we're almost done here. <laughs> This is going great. Well, let's let's go ahead and let's go yes. ahead and cut the meat open and start digging in a little bit. Yeah. So, Paul, you are with Contractor Commerce, uh, who has been on the show in the past, I believe, episode thirty-one. Uh, for those of you wanting to refresh and up after listening to this one, and that one, I was joined with Will. Yeah. We talked about the, uh, the 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 big picture, the who, what, when, why, where, how type of stuff. And so today, sure. I'm hoping to dig in a little bit deeper into marketing and sales uh, and how contractors can adapt uh, to this whole idea of e-commerce and then possibly uh, learn a few smart strategies for marketing it and increasing sales on their website. So Paul, take it away. Tell them what you do at Contractor Commerce uh, and and possibly a a quick refresher on on what it is and, and how it works. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So Contractor Commerce is the the tools and technology, the software company that's powering the online shopping experience for the home service industry, specifically HVAC, plumbing and electrical. Um, our roots are in HVAC. So our uh, our founder, Will Housh, is a third generation contractor who, um, you know, back in 2006, started tinkering around with trying to sell, you know, air conditioning parts and different filters and things like that on the Internet. And, you know, really tested and learned a lot. This is right about the time when you could, you know, just about buy only books on Amazon and, uh, you know, started testing the idea that, you know, people would rather shop online than in person or go to a store or whatever. And I think we all know that that's turned out to be quite true and, and uh, quite true for, uh, for what, you know, appears to be the, the future. And, you know, over the course of years, um, Will and his team became really experts in e-commerce for themselves, primarily around things like um, consumables, like air filters and humidifier pads and those sort of things. And, and you know, this at this hour, um, you know, the core business that started off just shipping a couple filters is probably one of the leading online um, companies for things like air filters, direct to consumer. So what Contractor Commerce is, it's the technology that's been used to make uh, this team, you know, very strong in the e-commerce world. Um, and this technology is now available to con- contractors to use to start to test and learn how e-commerce could help them grow their business. But um, for like a macro view of the industry and just consumers in general and buying behaviors and where things are going, I think everyone will agree that you know in the future, people will probably buy more online than they buy now, right? And they're already yeah. buying a lot. And for some reason, well, I mean, there's a lot of good reasons, you know, the HVAC industry in particular has always felt kind of exempt from that. And there have been some software companies in the past that have kind of popped up to uh, try and test some different things about going direct to consumer or, you know, enabling kind of, you know, digital transactions 
exceptions or whatever that might be, that if kind of, it's kind of falsely validated that, oh, this just doesn't apply to HVAC. But it would be really naive and honestly quite absurd to think that, you know, the way that contractors go to market now and the way that we're doing things is going to be the way that we're going to be doing them in six, seven, eight, 10, 12, 15 years. Um, so what contractor commerce is, it is uh, a very tested and well thought out and developed set of technology that allows contractors to start testing, start testing e-commerce and learning. And we let them start with furnace filters, which we do all the fulfillment of, of course, which we can get into. Um, but things like maintenance agreements and memberships and, you know, for my, my plumbing guys out there, you know, water heaters, garbage disposals, those sort of things that already have a general resale price. Um, but it, it's interesting. You know, I, I spent quite a bit of time in the marketing world and the OEM side. And, you know, we all know how important memberships are and, and uh, tune-ups and all those sort of things that help you develop a relationship with a customer and find opportunities for, you know, what is the holy grail in the industry, HVAC equipment replacement. Well, it's so interesting. I find it interesting that, you know, there's a, I don't know, 100,000 contractors and almost none of them have the ability for you to actually buy a maintenance agreement on their website. It stuns me. So yeah. to give you a great example, I was late on my, um, my maintenance last year and I got a great postcard in the mail from the company who installed my system and it had a QR code. And I was like, perfect. Followed the QR code and it took me to a contact form. Right. So I think that this industry, no offense to marketing companies, no offense to anybody is, you know, the idea of conversion is someone calling your office or someone filling out a contact form or maybe an email, right? Mm -hmm. The idea of converting with a credit card, no one's executing on. So that's what we're trying to help contractors do at a very minimum level is, you know, let's start to give customers what they want and they don't want yeah, to talk yeah. to people. Um, so that's a piece of it. And then, you know, to kind of zoom out even further, you know, the idea that the way residential HVAC equipment will be purchased you know, is inviting three or four people into your home to get a price. Um, the idea that that would be, you know, that that would have a shelf life for the next three, four, five, ten years, I, I mean, is again, absurd. Um, people want information, they want to get it online and they want to have as minimal contact with people. And this isn't just a COVID thing that accelerated it and kind of like oh, yeah, really, yeah. really isolated the early adopters, but um, people don't want to go through that hassle. Right. We can look at other industries like the car industry. So the challenge that that gives or that that presents for, you know, your customers and my customers and the entire industry is people are going to go online to get information, mm -hmm. but they're not getting enough information from contractors. Contractors websites are jammed full of SEO content and jammed full of pages that really don't matter. And I don't mean, again, nothing against marketing companies. That's important yeah. stuff that you absolutely hear me out. You have to have those sort of things. Right. Yeah. But as a consumer, I'm not landing on a on cold nights in Gary, Indiana. Nothing's better than having so and so out to your house to fix it. Like that, that's not the content they're there for, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's for the search engine. What they want to know is how much does it cost? What are my options? How do I compare those options? Right. The challenge is further to get pricing online today, you're getting it from all sorts of different third parties who are not the authority in giving pricing. Unless you are the person who's driving your truck with your employees and backing it up into a driveway and opening up a crawl space door and crawling in backwards and dragging a piece of equipment in and out and installing this system safely, securely, and, you know, by code, you should not be giving price. 
you don't know how much it's going to cost. So what I worry about is, you know, all of these tech companies and third party companies and marketing companies that have nothing better to do, but do those things that they're supposed to do are going to misinform consumers and put contractors in a, a tough position when it becomes normal to get HVAC pricing online. And it becomes normal to know, you know, roughly how much something will cost before you invite someone into your home. So all that to say, what we've done with contractor commerce is we believe that contractors should be in charge of putting pricing online. And that's not a popular, I mean, that's not a popular opinion. I mean, I will throw it out there in groups from time to time and easily more than half of the people are like, you're an idiot. Why would I ever put my pricing online? I'll never be able to build value. I don't know if it's a tough installation. I don't know if there's access issues and I get all of that, but customers yeah. don't care. So what we're trying to do is make it as easy and responsible and intelligent and clean and professional for contractors to say, I'm the authority on price. And so we've got hundreds of contractors that have, um, you know, started this process, some with just filters, some with maintenance agreements and tune-ups and water heaters and all those sort of things. And some that are, um, you know, actually selling fully installed HVAC systems. So I have rambled for so long. I don't even remember what the question is, um, but I'll, I'll pause for a moment to see if any questions come in or if you have anything. And is the Wi-Fi okay? I know it was cutting out there for a minute. Yeah, I think, it, I think, it's, uh, I think it's actually my fault, to be honest. There's a lot of people uh, outside of the office here that are they're out there making uh, Instagram reels right now. So they Got might it. be, they might be hogging up all the internet, but I'm, so it, I'm all lonely yeah. in my house here. This is my, for those who are watching, I'm in my master bedroom. That is the giant pink mural behind me um, is not hand painted by me. Um, but Hey, I just, I just work here, but this is the quietest spot in my house. I, the dog kids, this is, this is where I've got to be today. Yeah. Well, the painting looks lovely and I'm sure if, I'm sure if my wife watches this video later, she's going to agree. She exactly. probably, she probably is going to want one for our bedroom now. Probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, wow. A lot of, a uh, lot of thoughts. So first off with conversions, that's, I mean, any marketer listening to this can probably agree that um, properly attributing revenue to campaigns and, and marketing efforts can be so difficult sometimes, especially when you run a Google ad, they land on your website, they book through, you know, something like schedule engine, shout out, or a contact form or a phone call. And then they go into a, a CRM of some sort. And now you're like trying to track back all, I mean, and you're like, all right, we got a conversion. We got you a lead. Um, but, you know, people care about like, you know, where did this money come from? And with e-commerce, it's just like they get to your website, they purchase the item, and now you can see the money came where it came from. And so I think tracking conversions on e-commerce is – I wish everything was that easy, honestly, because it's so much easier. Um, so that that's my thought on, on the conversion piece. Um, I was I, I, I chuckled some when you are talking about the, uh, the contact form from the postcards. Oh, yeah. I've had this story. I might have shared this on the podcast before. We recently, last year, we noticed a few mice in our home. We live behind a, a big corn field. And uh, we noticed some mice this time of year, typically, because they cut the corn and then it gets cold and the mice run straight to our house for some reason. Well, I went on to a pest control website and 
there was only a contact form or calling. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of calling. So went to the contact form, filled it out, told them my issues. Uh, didn't hear anything back. There was no automated email or anything that, that, that came back to me. Well, then they emailed me the next day and they said, hey, you give us a call to sure. schedule your service. And I was like, this is ass backwards. Like they should have been calling me within seconds. So now they're putting, they're like making me contact them so that I could give them my money. And uh, I was like, nah, I'm good. Went to another website. They had a nice, easy booking option. They pick your time. It, it wasn't, it wasn't schedule engine. It was just something else. And uh, I picked my time and my date. The guy called me immediately and was like, Hey, we got you ready for tomorrow night. See you then. And I gave him my money that next day. So right making it as easy as humanly possible for people to give you their money uh, is the name of the game. Yep. And it's not about what's best for the pest control company. Like I think we all as I always say as contractors, because all my friends are contractors, but I'm not a contractor. Um, I play one on TV. Um, we always tend to clutch on to what protects us and what protects our margin and what protects our model. But at the end of the day, it's never about us. It wasn't about like when Uber was, I hate to reference Uber, it's kind of played out, but Uber didn't consult the taxi industry on what was best for them when they created a way for someone to push a button and get a car that picked them up and took them wherever they wanted in a product that they've built on and built on and built on. And we all see what it, they've done with that. So um, I think that getting people to really think about things from the customer's perspective. Those are the companies that are going to win thinking about things from the customer's perspective, not their own perspective. Yeah. It, I agree with you earlier. You were talking about um, adding pricing to your website. I've, I've noticed that people really like all they care about is how much does this cost? And uh, we were, sure. yeah, you know, we, we had the, uh, the typical on, on our website, the typical contact us now, uh, schedule your audit or whatever other yeah. marketing agency jargon they've got out there. One day I changed it. I was like, let's change the every call to action on our website to get pricing now. And we got three leads within an hour after changing it. Right. Yeah. That's and exactly. We, we didn't even put the prices on the website, but the call to action was get pricing. They went to the form. They right. said, I want pricing information. Yep. And, and you just, you just have to, you know, find another way to, to tell your story one through brand two through the buying experience. Like some of the things are table stakes, right? So like mm -hmm. when you get to, you know, people don't want to get pricing on HVAC because they want to go out to the house and they want to tell you their company story. You've mm -hmm. got to be telling your company story 365 days a year through every piece of content collateral and asset you have, right? That's why Dan Antonelli's companies, I always call him, I need to say his brand more. That's why people who enlist kick charge, there you go. <laughs> right. Can attribute so much revenue growth over time. It's because they're able to tell that story in a meaningful manner. And they don't have to go into a home to say, we're, we drug test our employees. That's table stakes. You're supposed to drug test your employees. Right. And yes, that's a differentiator. Um, but not at the cost of not being, you know, completely as transparent as you can be with your customers. So here's my marketing insight from the sake of this conversation. No one is advertising upfront, easy pricing, no one. And that's what customers want. How many times has a customer called a contact center or an office or whatever and said, yeah, I'm, uh, I need a ballpark on a three and a half ton. And then the typical response is like, 
you know, here's why we don't do pricing over the phone and here's right. So like, that's what people are trained to do. They're trained to take that request, turn it around and book an appointment, which is not a bad thing, right? It's not bad at all, but how long are we going to let customers ask for something without giving it to them? And so if you're a marketer and I, I say marketer, if you're an HVAC company, you are a marketer or using a marketing agency, um, Upfront pricing is relatively disruptive because it then sends a signal that like, wait a minute, or why do other companies not give upfront pricing? Why do these companies require to come into my home to evaluate how much this unit should cost? Now I see both sides of this coin. I also look at all of the sales trainers that, and, and I'm not specifically talking about anyone in particular because Truth be told, I've not sat through an HVAC residential sales training in probably eight or 10 years. Okay. Well, it's been, it's been five, maybe they can call it what they want, but they're using influence to get more revenue out of customers, which again, isn't bad, but that's from the contractor's perspective. You can mm -hmm. still get revenue from people by being honest and upfront and here's what it is. And oh, by the way, here are the things you can add on. Right. So it's just another way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I can think back, I'll, I'll go back eight or nine years. I remember sitting through some training where we were taught all these objections to handle when someone says like, oh, I need my, I need my wife. My wife needs to be home. I remember this sales trainer who a huge company, publicly held company enlisted to bring in and train salespeople. He, he was teaching this method right here. He said, oh, you need your, your wife to, you know, join you for this discussion. Let me ask you a question. Does your wife buy the groceries here? Yeah, she does. Um, how much would you say she spends each month? Um, a thousand dollars. Huh? So about $12,000 a year. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> does your wife make you be there when she spends $12,000 a year on groceries? Like that's the kind of stuff that yeah. even though, like I say that and, and like that's in, that's in jest to a degree, but a lot of modern sales tactics are a lot like that, mm -hmm. like objection handling. Right. Yeah, so yeah. where I would rather think about like human connection, which is a different concept. And, and, you know, overall, but, um, anyhow, all that to say back to my original point, upfront pricing, just advertise it, advertise yeah. upfront, easy pricing. Yeah. Well, and, and I think a lot of people, I, I get, you know, why you would want to go to the home and, and do a proper inspection of everything and be able to give them op like options, but you can still do that through a simple, uh, phone call. You can still give them the price even. If they ask for how much does that three and a half ton unit cost or whatever it may be. Sure. And you can say, oh, that, you know, the one you're asking for 6,500 bucks, but I don't know if that's the right option for you. Yeah, exactly. Could be 5,500, could be 25,000. It depends on exactly what you need. Yeah. And and now what you're doing by that. And I think that this, I mean, right now we all know it's impossible to find people to come do work. And by you sending, you know, your comfort advisors or whoever's handling you know, setting those appointments to these homes without, you know, this person could be a totally bogus lead and you're going to have the ability now to say, yeah, it's 6,500 bucks fully installed for that. Or it could be 8,500 or 12,000, like you were saying, they might just say, oh, that's too much. Or, oh, like I, it gets the objection out of the way up front before you even send somebody into the home. Yeah. And it also gives you the ability to, like you were saying, it, if you're up, like offering the, the price up front now, the, they're going to be like, well, why doesn't this company do that? 
why why did I have to schedule an appointment for three days from now? Exactly. And think about the pressure it takes off the salesperson when there's already some sort of reference to point but or to price. So I, I want to um, back up a little bit and talk about um, this from more of a macro level. You know, I read um, posts all the time or see message and you know the message boards that will talk about. Um, you know, someone will create a screenshot where a customer, a homeowner has said, Hey, I can get this part on, you know, Amazon or wherever, you know, farmer tractor store or whatever for X amount of dollars. Why are you charging so much? And, and I get that, that that's frustrating and all of that. And usually the response is like, this customer so stupid. He doesn't know about overhead and he doesn't know about the training and, and right. He doesn't. Right. Yeah. But there's a day coming when it will be normal for a homeowner to be able to order equipment directly to their home. And we all know why that's a disaster. We all know why that's a nightmare. We all know why that's not good for the industry, right? But how about using that as an opportunity to really be able to bring value to what's been true the whole time anyway, in that the best place to buy residential HVAC equipment is from a local contractor who can install it, right? Mm -hmm. That's the truth. And that exists now. But there's going to be this wave of frustration coming to contractors over the next couple of years, mark my words, where they're going to feel like the number one issue that they're fighting against all of a sudden is, oh, so-and-so said they could, these customers keep saying they can get things online and they can ship it online and they can have it delivered. Like Wayfair is a great example, right? My father-in-law just had a um, hot tub delivered to his house improperly, incorrectly. He ended up having to call a crane to lift this thing over because Hey, just, you can just buy it off Wayfair, right? Mm -hmm. So that day is coming. Um, right now, it's not as uh, prominent, but when legitimate manufacturers, legitimate distributors come up with a direct-to-consumer model and they start offering that as a competitive advantage in a way to you know, make sure they're not losing ground mm -hmm. in the market, it's going to be a real problem. But... The contractor using someone like contractor commerce or having their own e-commerce strategy can take every one of those calls and say, yes, I understand you can buy that unit on Amazon and have it delivered to your house or buy it from wherever. Um, we can also deliver it to your house and it comes fully installed and it comes right with a warranty and all these sort of things. So it's kind of like reshaping that narrative of letting customers feel like they've got transparency, which they will. And then being able to really add value around what it's like to buy a system from our website. Yeah. yeah, that's the key. Not let me send some, let me send a comfort consultant out to your house to do a load calculation, which is still necessary. So just as a as a disclaimer here for the customers of mine who are selling equipment online today, you know, they're giving their customer either a monthly price or a fully installed price. They're using disclaimers to keep themselves safe. Some of them are not actually transacting on the site. They're just like, you know, holding it there or scheduling the install. But we believe that the best way for it to work is if the supply chain stays the same. Contractors buy from their distributors, manufacturers, the way they buy, and they go out to the house prior to an installation and do a site survey and verify that everything's what they said it was on the questionnaire and all of that, and then create that, you know, really good bond with the customer, get paid, do the job, do the job, get paid, whatever order they like to do it. So, um, so, so I'm not suggesting we start shipping things, you know, directly from distributors right to homeowners. We think that contractors should own that piece still, but but what I mean, not. what if the what if the contractor could sell it from their website? I'm I'm we're getting to the we're getting right towards like the the end of the plug where it's going to kind of bleed into my big question. 
Yeah. If a contractor could sell a capacitor from his website that he gets directly from the manufacturer versus going to a distributor or a wholesaler who got it from the manufacturer, because if inflation trickles down to the consumer, sure. That's why they're, you know, the consumer's saying, Oh, this is so expensive. Well, they don't realize that the contractor goes to the wholesaler and the wholesaler goes to the manufacturer and the manufacturer is stuck in the Pacific ocean right now on a ship. And, um, you know, what if the consumer had the ability to go on there? They, you know, this also requires education as to why or how or what they need. You know, the average homeowner probably doesn't even know what a capacitor is. Uh, but what if they could, you know, see the contractor could come out, diagnose the issue, say, all right, here it is on our website. You buy it here at our rate, which is cheaper than whatever. And then we'll install it. So you get our labor warranty and you get the warranty on the equipment. That's great. Yeah. That's the way that's, that is a very, very possible and potential scenario that should be considered. Now, the, the challenge you have here is pricing, right? So how do you break out material versus, um, I still believe there's, you know, a landed cost to that. That's more than just the material cost. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. you, you still need some margin in there. Um, but breaking those two things out is a great idea. We have customers who will sell a thermostat on their website and right under that, they'll sell an installed thermostat, right? Two different things. One's 400 and one's 600. So, um, yeah, absolutely. That's the, that is the way of the future. Customers are going to want to buy things online. And if you enable them to be able to buy it from you, they'll buy it from you and not someone else. And whether that someone else is a distributor or wholesaler or some sort of third party marketplace, but they want that control. They want the information. They want to feel as if they're getting a great deal and a great value. Yeah. yeah. So let, let's talk about, I guess, some of the current capabilities that homeowners have through uh, a contractor utilizing contractor commerce. Yeah. So, we, we, you know, we know that they can drop ship filters and we can do maintenance agreements. Um, so I guess what, what are some what are some of the capabilities of the tool that could be uh, attractive for a contractor to begin utilizing? Yeah, good question. We'll start with filters. This is an area that we're fairly passionate about. Um, you know, people will come to us all the time and, and they come to us because they want to get out of the filter business, right? They're like, we don't want to mess with it anymore. It's a loss leader, too many skews, too much damage. Filters are easily damaged. It's kind of a pain if you've got a specialty filter that you don't stock that you've now got to go to a distributor, get or buy online. It's, it's a pain if you're a contractor. But when they come to us and we show them how to create an online store for filters on their own website, they realize they're they were never in the filter business, that they're about to get in the filter business because we all know that a smart consumer who, uh, particularly on the high-end filters, we're talking MERV 11, 13, MERV 16, right? They're not going through a contractor today. They're going to a marketplace like Amazon or they're going somewhere else, but primarily Amazon. And if they buy it off Amazon, there's a very good chance they're buying it from us already. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is we enable our um, entire inventory to be shown on a contractor's website. And it might be three to 500 different items, depending on how much they want to show, how much they don't. Um, but we let them choose the retail price. So they let they go into the Contractor Commerce Command Center. They'll apply a markup across the board and they'll land on that retail price and then they'll sell them to their customers. The way we're seeing the most success with this is really there's, there's an analog and a digital way. The analog way is service technicians, installers, CSRs, anyone involved with talking to a customer is telling the customer that for the first time, 
The homeowner can actually buy the filters directly from the contractor's website and set up, you know, a subscription or auto renewal, auto shipment, whatever frequency they wish. Um, and and the, the contractor can pass along savings to them. So there's coupon codes that people are creating. So one of the best uh, case um, use cases is there's a contractor up in uh, Hendersonville, North Carolina. So champion comfort experts, shout out to Richie and Joy up there. Yeah, they created... Oh yeah. Yep. Awesome. So they created like, it's no more than a one page document like this that says champion comfort experts. Here is a QR code that takes you to our filter shop. And then they have a little white box where the technician or the installer can write in the model or the, um, the measurement of the size filter they need. And they give that to the customer to order their filters from. So that's a very analog way, but a great way to kind of like let customers know for the first time you can order your filters directly through us. Now, if you think about this, one of the challenges, if if you've ever read or heard of data from the American Home Comfort Study, which is a study done every two years that kind of um, you know analyzes uh, customer buying behaviors around HVAC, right? The most stunning thing that I've ever read in this study is what they're doing is they're interviewing people who've made a major HVAC purchase over the last two years. So it might be like, I forget what the threshold is. It might be over 1500 bucks. So this is like a, a major, major repair or a new installation. And one of the more stunning like insights from this research is, and I, I'm not going to guess the number, but it's something like 70 or 80% of people who've made a major HVAC purchase in two years cannot remember the name of the company who did the installation. I'm pausing there for yeah. dramatic effect. Like that's a huge deal. Most yeah. people because you're making this decision once and twice in your life and you're making it under stress. And some of these contractors, no offense, do not create a remarkable buying experience where you feel connected with the brand. They're forgetting who did the installation. Now, if you had champion comfort experts out to fix something in your house and they tell you that, Hey, you no longer need to go to Lowe's Home Depot or worst case, the grocery store where people buy filters. Okay. You, that. <laughs> you can buy a 12 pack of the cheap filters off our website. We'll make sure you have them every November 1st. Or, you know, if it's higher end filters, maybe it's every three or six months or whatever, but getting a box delivered to you from champion comfort experts every three months or every six months. Do you think that if that homeowner fell into that survey with the American or with decision analyst who does that research, do you think they would have recalled the name of the company who they're engaged with? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's everyone knows these things, um, but the idea of selling consumables just doesn't really stick with contractors. So filters are a huge opportunity. Um, it's a easy process on our end. It's a plugin that we put on your website. Your marketing agency will create a little shop icon. And next, yeah, there you go. You can go to rivaldigital.com. <laughs> and find your way there. You can sign up. They'll put a um, a link on your website that says whatever you want it to say that will take you to a filter store. And what's cool is, you know, my team, we have two offices. So Cincinnati, Ohio and Salt Lake City, Utah by design so that we can get filters direct to consumer with two day ground shipping anywhere in the U.S. And when a customer goes through the checkout process, the key here is they stay on your website. They're not going to my website. If they were to navigate and find my website, they will be unimpressed and uninspired because it's not for them. Right. Mm -hmm. But they'll stay on the contractor's website. 
my team does all the order confirmation emails on your behalf. So, hey, you know, thank you for your order from Champion Comfort Experts. Here's your tracking number. Here's a delivery number. It's out for delivery. All those sort of things. We do all that for the contractor. And we do all the packaging, all the labeling, all the shipping. If there's an issue with returns, there's a one button. It's very, very low return rate as long as people are ordering the right things. Um, and we've, we've had a tremendous amount of success with it. People are starting to dabble in selling outside of their service area. So we have some clients who are building a national brand and they want to be the preferred, you know, filter contractor for, or supplier for homeowners all over the country. So, um, people are, are testing with Google shopping ads and, and different things like that. Um, it's just a big market that's overlooked. Um, yeah. and we charge 50 bucks a month for it. It's, and people are making, you know, plenty of margin. You, you set your own margin. So yeah, pretty exciting. Let's say with this being so early and it, it really doesn't, I mean, it doesn't cost a fortune to set it up. Um, I mean, what have you got to lose to try it out at least? Yeah, nothing. If I'm a contractor, honestly, the way the supply chain is, this will sound awful. I would have the filter shop on my website just to order filters from myself or from my employees, like, yeah. you know, outsource that piece of it. But um, yeah, tremendous opportunity for a lot of reasons with filters. Yeah. That, you know, that reminds me of something I actually learned at the ACA fall meetings down in New Orleans, which I actually just got back from. And I, uh, I don't remember who was leading this breakout session, but our, our table got moved into the breakout room for, you know, logistical reasons with the hotel. So, you know, by default, I ended up getting to watch every breakout session, which was actually pretty <laughs> cool. But there was a story of a company that they were trying to increase sales of, you know, the iWave or, or some type of indoor air quality product that they were selling. So the contractor gave every single one of his technicians one to take home for themselves and to install yeah. on their own system so that the, because I mean, the people who are going to be selling it are the ones, I mean, that probably aren't even using it. So right. to get them to take it home and, and, and realize, wow, my air is so much cleaner now. This is so much, my, my home just seems so much more comfortable. Now they're going to go to the consumer side instead of just being like, yeah, we also got these Remy halos that we can give you. They're going to be like, check this out. Here's the, like, I've used it and it's amazing. I, I love every part of it. So if you're a contractor listening, here's, here's what you should do with it, you know, Offer that as a benefit to your employees, like as a benefit of working there, we'll either give you a discount on filters or we'll give you filters for free. The company will pay for it. Get the technician bought in on the concept of filters magically showing up once every three to six months or once a year or whatever it may be. And then they'll be going out and preaching that gospel to your to your customers. And now the customers are going to be like, oh, wow, this guy really believes in this ability yeah. Or incentivize the employee to have people sign up for subscriptions and pay them every time there's a subscription created and renewed. So like in, in contractor commerce, for instance, we have the ability to track spiffs. So you could say $10 or 10% or whatever would go into this person's bank account anytime that, you know, one of their customers orders a replenishment filter. And with subscriptions, it's great. It's like compounding interest. So you yeah, sign, yeah. gosh, this sounds like a pyramid scheme. You sign 50 customers up this year and you make this much. And so, yeah, just a great opportunity to, um, you know, get some unrealized revenue back into the business mm -hmm. and, and then also test to the concept of having an e-commerce division, just like a car dealership does. Right. 
Mm-hmm. So when you find a price online with a car dealership, they don't send you to a salesperson to schedule an appointment to go in and sit down and talk about your transportation needs, right? You get a ton of information off of a marketplace like cars.com or off of a direct website like hendrickcars.com. And shout out to my friends over at Hendrick. Um, <laughs> you go through the internet department and they qualify the opportunity. And they give you the information you need to up until a point where it's time to make the transaction, then they hand you off. So that's kind of, you know, zooming out again is think about a different model for giving customers what they want. You know, we're, we're testing something with one of my partners in Florida where after hours and weekends, you know, we can potentially engage with customers through that shopping process to try to convert that into a warm opportunity for system replacement. So um, more to come around that as we continue to kind of evolve the product and, and give contractors what they want, which is back to kind of where we started here. They want system change out opportunities. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and if you guys listening right now want some easy, uh, an easy advertising campaign that you can do for this. Um, and this one is not, it's not even necessarily a, a lead generator. So maybe, uh, some of y'all might not be interested, but for the ones of you that understand the value of a brand, um, set up a retargeting campaign on Facebook. Anytime someone is on the, your shop page, retarget them with a blog post about the importance of changing your air filter or whatever it may be. Some type of blog article that kind of adds value to the the reason that they were on your shop page, which is either to get a maintenance agreement or for um, an estimate or for... Um, air filters and you're staying in front of them that way. And it's super easy. Retargeting ads on Facebook are dirt cheap and it'll help you sell more filters. There you go. Yeah. So maintenance agreements next up on the, uh, on the checklist here, maintenance agreements are always interesting for me to, to, to try to generate ideas for marketing. So how does the maintenance agreement side of it work? And uh, what are some, what are some of the success stories that you've heard so, so far? So the one of the main behaviors that's driving um, signups for new maintenance agreements is email campaigns. As simple as that. Same thing with filters, but really email campaigns to existing customers in your database or new customers if you can get them, letting them know that they can sign up for $14.99 a month or whatever it is directly through the website. Um, one of the coolest stories we've heard is um, someone bought a maintenance agreement through one of our customers in Florida. And it was a customer that was a maintenance agreement customer from years ago that just kind of fell out of the rotation and never renewed. And they just out of the blue signed up again. So um, just having it on the site and giving someone the option to not have to call and go through that process um, is half the battle. Um, The way we've set things up with Contractor Commerce is it's really easy to add your maintenance agreements. It's a copy and paste from your website or from a pamphlet or wherever you keep the information. Um, You know, you add the the you know payment schedule which our which our software calculates mm-hmm. and we handle everything directly on the website wow well that sounds simple enough and it sounds like it would be i mean it is it, you you're ta- it makes it so much easier i don't know if we've already hit on this but one of the big things that really uh really perked my ears up the first time i heard about this is the um the auto pay for maintenance versus yeah. having a CSR or someone try to track down these customers to pay their uh, either yearly or, or monthly maintenance agreement cost. 
Yeah, I mean, just think about it from a customer's perspective. If you're getting an ad served to you via email or, you know, through text or through however you're consuming and, and capturing, you know, landing on some sort of ad about maintenance, the idea that the next step is to call or fill out a contact form is absurd. So let's keep yeah. it real simple, people. Like, give the customers what they want, and that's a way to buy something directly on the website. Yeah. So how about how about estimates? You know, I know that this is an objection that you probably get a lot. Um, I, I, I heard it happen firsthand. I was walking around the showroom floor or the expo hall at Service World. I brought one of my clients with me and I took him up yep. to the booth because I was like, you got to meet these dudes. They're awesome. They're going to show you something cool. His first objection was about estimates on the website. So let, let's talk about that for a minute. What are some of the common things you hear and, and what's the response to it? One, the, the most common response is, well, I have no idea how much it's going to cost till I get out there, which may be true for some folks. But at the end of the day, like how much variance is there? Like the 80-20 rule, 80% of your installations are probably coming right out of a price book. So as you look at, and our system allows you to do this, kind of see, um, you know, the different sizes and the different ranges of features. And you look through, you have to be um, smart and strategic about how you price things, right? We have some people who price relatively lower end stuff only. They keep the other featured equipment off of the website and just, you know, contact us for more information. We have some people who have a very low end system, a very high end system. And so there's nice range that says, okay, one system 6,500, one's 26,000, like probably have some more questions, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the, the first big objective or objection is, is how, I'm not going to know how much it costs when it's just simply not true. There are situations, of course, that you've got to plan for where, um, and you do this through disclaimers and you do this through the you know notes in the system where it's, hey, if we get out there and you say it's in a crawl space and it's actually a package unit on the roof, Right. That's going to be a different application. If we find out that there's, you know, all other, you know, just different opportunities for, um, you know, difficult job, that's something you've got to address as well. But um, what I'm finding is, is I heard this from Lou Hobica, who's got really expensive premium pricing on his website. And he's a premium company. And he said he gets fewer complaints via reviews about pricing and how expensive they are because people know going into it. Um, yeah. the other use case, and this is the, the Travis, this is a Travis ringy from pro skill. This is his comment. He does not use us, but he has been doing this for years. He's kind of like one of the first, you know, he has said that there are people who probably land on his website, look at his pricing and they're scared away. They never do business with them. They never call them. They never buy anything. And his response to that is so what, because I'm so busy with the people who, understand our value and understand what it costs to do business with us and have us take care of their home. So um, that's kind of the holy grail. You want to put yourself in that position where you're not worried about the opportunities that would not have been a fit anyway. And that goes back to the whole story of marketing, which is getting your brand right, getting your messaging right, getting your people right, getting your money right, like all those sort of things. Yeah. Well, th those customers too, that got scared away by price and they probably went and hit up some dude under the under the shade tree to come do it they'll end up calling that company back, you know, sure. Yep. <laughs> you install the system and it blew up or whatever. And now, now he's not going to have to pay either way. So yeah, we all know the, uh, the real cost of that. Well, have I missed anything so far before we move on or is there any, no, other, I, any other stuff we've missed? I don't think so. I think we've covered filters and maintenance agreements and um, online pricing and estimates and all that. I would just say to the listeners, 
you know, really think big picture and think about um, a couple things. Think about will more customers shop online in the future than they do now? And how will that potentially impact HVAC? And if and when it becomes a normal thing for customers to expect pricing and to be able to transact on and through your website, you know, what's your plan? What's your plan? What resources do you have? And can you envision a world where your competitors are able to do business in the modern way and you can't? And if you can, that's fine. Um, I say all this coming from the marketing world, the best marketing is still word of mouth. And the best you know, possible scenario for pricing is still looking someone in the eyes, evaluating a situation and giving them a price. But those aren't scalable things necessarily. So um, just think about where the world is going. Think about your role in that as a leader for your business and think about, you know, who you want to be working with to help prepare you for that next phase of the, of the industry. Yeah. You heard it here for first folks. Try that again. You heard it here first folks. Awesome. You're going to want to get on with that. And uh, if you don't, it's one of those things. It's one of those things where there's, there's very, few times, very few opportunities in life and in business to get on something while it's young. And then the people that don't end up, they, you know, they end up three years later trying to get onto it and everyone else has moved ahead. So right. it's something that you get ahead of it early while you can, if it, if it doesn't work for you, then it doesn't work for you. But the least thing you can do, the least you can say is that it tried, that you tried. And, um, you know, I, I think it'll work because I've seen it work for, for clients of ours and I've heard it from, from other people as well. So check that out. We have another segment we're moving into called this or that. Oh, I, that's right. Let's do it. All right. I don't know what to expect here, by the way. We'll, we'll keep this one. Uh, so yeah. So, so how this or that works is obviously I'll ask you something. You tell me which one you like and why uh, we'll keep this one relatively marketing related uh, just because I always enjoy getting, some of the marketing feedback on this one. So this or that question, number one, calling to request service or requesting service directly online. I mean, requesting service directly online, Alex, you know that. Yeah. I feel like I unintentionally warned this schedule engine. You just warm. Yeah. You warm me up. Schedule (laughs) engine is great. And why? It's what customers want. It's what customers want. Yeah. They, they expect that when they push those buttons, that that will trigger the automation required to execute. They don't need to talk to someone and get the reassurance. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, I feel like I still see so many people relying on saying, I want phone calls. I want phone calls. Yeah. I'm better than not having anything at all, but, um, and it's not necessarily an or situation. It's more of an and situation, but yes, yeah. give customers the ability to just, do business with you in an easy way. And well, picking they, up the phone is not naturally that easy. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll change the segment name to this and that. There you go. This and yeah. or that. <laughs> All right, next one, lead generation or brand building? I mean, it really depends on where you are in your journey. Um, some folks need revenue now. And so lead generation is critical, right? Mission critical. Um, but brand is king. Yeah. So I'll go with, I'll go assuming with a startup and I'll go with brand. Yep. Don't build your house on rented land. That's, That's the, right. Uh, 
There you Yellowstone. go. On AdWords. There we go. Last one. I don't even have this one written down, but my first question kind of triggered this this thought. When it comes to CTAs for booking, do we do you like uh, book online or schedule service? Oh, that's a really good question. I like schedule service. Yeah, I think I do too. Yeah. I I think book online is a good. Uh, it's good for complementing the call to action. Like, but schedule service, I think, should be the button. Yeah. Almost always. If it's, if, cause I mean, that's like directly, this is what you're doing. And then you could have something above that by saying, like, you know, you can book online today by doing this action. And then there's the button, schedule service. So yes. I agree with you. I think schedule service is the way to go. Cool. Well, we are right at 56 minutes and 48 seconds. We, did are, we set the record? No, not quite. The record is one hour and one minute. So we've got approximately three minutes and uh, 30 something seconds to kill. So let's take it away. Uh, before we get going, we can do some, uh, we can just either do some, some more housekeeping items or we can let tall Paul take the floor and uh, tell us all the great things that he wants to tell us. You know what? I, I will, we'll, we'll wrap this one for the listeners and I'll let you close it out, but um, I appreciate what you're doing. Keep it up with the podcast. Um, I'm happy to come back at any time. Um, it, this is good. It's, it's interesting there, you know, the market in the industry consumes information in a different way than they used to. And yeah. so it's fun to see people, particularly new people in the industry come in and start kind of, you know, storytelling and, building community so congratulations and well done with this thank you so much yeah so thank you all for tuning in uh to another episode of the smart hvac marketing podcast as i mentioned in the beginning it's been almost an hour since i said it so i'll go ahead and say it again for all of you real ones that are still listening uh head over to apple Podcasts and leave us a review if you enjoyed this episode i know that 31.5 percent of all of our listeners are on apple Podcasts. i checked this morning so for all 31 percent of you you are 100% of the population that I'm looking at right now. So <laughs> leave us an, a, a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, tell us that you liked it. Uh, or uh, if you didn't like it, please don't tell us that you didn't like it. Email me directly, podcast at rivaldigital.com. <laughs> tell me what you didn't like, uh, and we'll make it better for you. We're all about uh, just offering some free value for our listeners out there. And uh, hopefully you learned a thing or two on this episode to uh, help grow your business. So, Paul... Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, this was a, a truly remarkable episode, and I think that uh, our listeners are truly going to like it. All right. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it, and I'll see you again soon. Yep. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. If you're an HVAC contractor in need of digital marketing services, contact us today at www.rivaldigital.com.